Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 79th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by my fellow Hans Zimmer appreciator, Jaden. Hi. And the ASMR enthusiast, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Hey, I should clarify. Um, when you say ASMR enthusiast, it's, it's YouTube ASMR territory, not Twitch ASMR territory. <laughs> um, continue. Is there a distinction? What's the distinction? They just appeal to different um, senses. I'd say that. Okay. So I, I take it by that that Twitch is more revolting in some way. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. on the money. All right. Well, uh, everyone out there can go and do their research on that if they like. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday, although I wouldn't mind changing it to talking about a different ASMR video or trained every single Monday, you know. I would. Analyze it. Yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Maybe we can do that as like an April Fool's. And uh, this week, the movie we're reviewing is The Guilty, which debuted on Netflix October 1st, 2021. It was directed by Antoine Fuqua, who I think I said his name right, known for plenty of films, Training Day perhaps most notably, but plenty of other things. Uh, it is a thriller, and the synopsis says, a demoted police officer assigned to a call dispatch desk is conflicted when he receives an emergency phone call from a kidnapped woman. Fitzy, kick us off. The Guilty on Netflix, brand new original film. How'd you feel about it? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, like, for what it... For just having, like, one location, pretty much, and just having... Like one character whose face we actually see is kind of, it was good for those constraints, I guess. So, yeah, nothing special, but it was a good time. Jaden? Yeah, I quite enjoyed it um, more than I thought I would because I'd heard a bit of a stigma before going in, but I wasn't aware of what it was for. Um, but no, I, I think it was quite engaging. I think. Some of the things, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's some of the things in my movie, it's just shit that annoys me typically in movies where they just talk in circles and like there is kind of, oh, yeah, totally. and like, you know, like I know it's, it's built in there to increase tension and make it more realistic and whatnot and shit like that. But like, it doesn't change the fact that it pisses me off sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, I was, I, I did quite enjoy it. Yeah. Do you know what that stigma was in retrospect? It's a, it's cause it's a remake of a Danish film. And people are like just watching the Danish one, like fuck, yeah, like get over it. Just honestly, I wonder what that original one would have been like. Is that like is that also just in one room sort of deal? Yeah, apparently it's almost shot for shot. Oh, really? Okay, all right. I think um, there's a little bit of a difference in like the character. Apparently, the character is more likable in the Danish one. Sure, but um, sure. Yeah, appa- apparently everything else is. Bang on. That's interesting because I figured the movie was the way it was for COVID reasons, which it is. But you know what I mean. I thought maybe like the original was more out there. But um, I no, I really liked the movie. I I really did. I, it was a bit of a roller coaster in terms of trying to figure out for me at least what it was because I didn't I didn't know anything about it other than I'd seen the poster on Letterbox. That's literally all I knew about. It. So I knew Jake was there, and that was it. So getting into it. And, you know, 15 minutes in or so coming to the realisation this is a COVID movie pretty quickly. And then me sort of like trying to figure it out as it goes. Like I became convinced halfway through, like totally convinced that this is going to be one of those like woman in the window or not not just that, but 
any other the tropey I feel like Netflix does this a bit that like it was going to be a psychological twist where it's like it's all in his head or some bullshit because the the way that we don't know about his past and they keep alluding to he's done something wrong and then the way the characters react to the kidnapping situation I thought for sure he would he kidnapped his daughter in the past or or kidnapped his wife in the past or something and it was it was like him like like internally going through that like I thought that's 100% what it was going to be I was totally wrong thank god um, I, I, I was like, dude, I've got you figured out, movie. I've got you figured out, but I really didn't, which is great. Um, so when you get to the end there and it wasn't that and it sort of evolved into shockingly being very literal but still like having the, you know, the, the twists and turns and the tension and the thriller aspects of it, no, I, I, I did quite like it. And uh, it flew by, thought 90 minutes long. Yeah, so, for a single location, like single yeah. character mostly, you know, it was. It didn't drag for me anyway, which I think is a sticking point, something that definitely uh, the film was probably prone to perhaps doing, but good job. Good job. I don't know how much you guys knew about it going in because, there, like I mentioned, there was a moment where I'm like, oh, this is a COVID movie where it's like it became really clear that no one's really going close to each other and Jake's just on camera doing everything. So, um, and I really enjoy those smaller scale things, but do you think that enhanced the movie? And did you know about it beforehand? I want to ask you, Fitzy. Mm, no, I didn't know anything about this, but um, I don't know how you break out of the room, kind of, you know, like, mm. or do you like, you know, go like driving himself or something or, you know. Yeah, I expected him to hop in the car himself at one point. Yeah. Maybe. He very well could have, yeah. Because he, like the last hour of the movie, he was off his shift, right? So, hmm. yeah, I, I thought that could have been, I mean, at that point I'd realised what this was, so I didn't actually think he was going to do that. But in terms of the story progression, there was no reason he couldn't have, you know. I mean, the movie looks great though, doesn't it? Oh, I really think it's well shot. Um, when you got someone like Antoine up in here directing the movie, and you know it's going to look right. Have you and seen did. this film before? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen Training Day. I've seen there was another one too. Um, did he do the Love God? Did he do the Equalizer? Was that? Oh yes, he did. But I haven't seen those. No, no he, but he did do those. Um, oh shit! I don't know. Whatever. Um, no, but he's great. Anyway, he's really good, and it's a credit to his direction. I think the film is consistently visually interesting, and really elevates Jake's performance considering it literally is just a dude sitting in a chair looking at his laptop monitors, you know, looking at his desktop monitors, I mean, you know. Mm. I appreciate that about it. And he directed it from a van, believe it or not, because – so th- this just makes the most sense to throw in here. Someone near director Antoine uh, Fuqua tested positive for COVID-19 mere days before the film began shooting. He had to isolate. He directed the entire movie from a van with monitors and – was never on the soundstage with the actors. I mean, if there's any movie in the world you'd want that to be the case for, it's this one because I imagine it's not the most complicated thing to, you know, stage. But, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, I think. So we'd have, like, someone in his place as, like, his robot or something. <laughs> he's got a, yeah, he's got, like, a, a robot's wheeling around with a screen just mm. with him on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Is that, is that is the PA just holding the laptop, like just walking yeah. around set? That's a good. Well, it's probably just a, a um, what do you call it? What what are those people that are on film sets that are just 
Yeah, personal assistant. Yeah, a PA or like yeah, whatever they called. Yeah. Or like a runner. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's I mean, probably like, a bit, bit more exciting job than getting coffee. The thing is, like, you know, like the rest of the production, like crew, are rather talented and are able to do stuff on their own. So, like, you know, if they had like a second director or like an assistant director or whatever, and like the DP can stage everything he needs, you know, alone, and the actors yeah. are smart enough to know what to do. And so, I mean, like, you know, it is a big task to direct remotely, but like. These are competent people, so like it's not the end yeah. of the world. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I just, I just never heard of it, so I thought it was. Yeah, no, it was yeah. Like, I thought it was neat. But Jane, did you like the film visually? I, I particularly like. I really liked the opening shot of the movie and the closing shot. Like, well, just I thought the, those I, glimpses. I thought it was, it was because like they, they, they establish it like a disaster movie, and like it, 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 it adds tension later on because you can't see and you know all the smoke yeah. and shit and his asthma acting up and all that stuff. But like it, it, it just felt a bit weird to, to to kind of set it up as a disaster movie and then swap it into this kind of really confined thriller. Sure, yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah, visually, I can't really complain too much. I mean, obviously, you're very limited in the shot variance and you know how yeah. actually appealing you can make it. But um, you know, I, th- I think the, the control room looked pretty sick, and you know, <laughs> who can it did look. It did look pretty you sick. Know, who can complain about seeing Jake Gyllenhaal's face illuminated by a red light and some blue lights and almost like it's, you know, the police lights and it's kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, all, the, all of the lights, yeah. All the lights. Um, can't you have any? Yeah, it was uh, – no, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I think the, the, the fire backdrop, I hear you. I think it just – I think it was a cool element. Like I don't imagine the original f- – version had that i mean i don't know i would like have, i would have thought that it'd be because of you know what didn't california get fucking absolutely dicked over by fires like a year or two ago yeah absolutely yeah, yeah it's so, fairly yeah i imagine yeah. It, that would be like direct inspiration for that and i think that's a cool if you're remaking a film i think that's a cool element to add because mm. as you say it does add tension it does directly affect the the what the characters are going through and the visibility and all that sort of shit but at the same time it's also I just really liked how it adds that it adds a bit of atmosphere. Like the film I think it's going back to it being shot really well. Like often that in the control room they have like the big screens up of just the fires all the time. And so often like as Jake's moving around the center, you sort of get like you see glimpses of the fires in the reflections of the glass and the and the doors and just little subtle things like that. You're sort of constantly reminded of of that of the scale of that. I don't know. I just think it's oh, yeah, a cool a, little thing. There's a shit ton of glass in this movie. That would have been a bit of a nightmare if we're getting rid of the camera. That's a great point. That's a great point. You know, that I've always, <laughs> I could probably just look it up in like two minutes, but I sort of want to keep the mystery of like, how do you remove a camera from like a mirror? Other than or just, I don't know, other than just CG. I feel like there's cool that, techniques. I know that on the office, they angled the, the all the windows slightly and like it does, it because it, it, I was like, it, it'll still reflect, but it, it like, it doesn't refract into the lens or some shit like that. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they have something like that where like all the windows are slightly angled to, re- to reduce the amount of. That's you know. yeah. 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 That would make sense. That's, Oh, I just, I love thinking about that stuff and all the effort that goes into prepping that. Cause you have to know exactly like where you're going to, where mm. the camera's going to be at all times. Yeah. That's cool. 
I mean, it's basically Jake Gyllenhaal's movie, other than I, I noticed Ethan Hawke was in the movie also, as as he was Henry. Is that right? I think I he was Henry. I the name, but he was the guy who was like, like he's, he was like a superior to him, but he's like an old friend. Of yeah, he was a sergeant, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Because Henry was – sorry, Henry was the the husband who, like, supposedly kidnapped his wife. Yeah, but they're oh, all named they actors, weren't they? Because, like, I realised, like, Paul Danner was – um. Oh, was he? What? He, he, really? he was that one that got uh, – I, I can't remember if he, was, if he was the one that got kicked out of the nightclub by the bouncer or some shit, or if he was the one that got robbed by the prostitute. He, he was one of those oh, two. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When oh, that's I... me. When I recognized it was Ethan Hawke's voice, because I didn't really realize it first, but I was like, oh, that's Ethan Hawke. Um, yeah, I saw it in the cast, and I was like, there's quite a few. Like, Bill Burr was there. Yeah, I noticed that too. And Riley, <laughs> Riley Keogh, she was the main, she was the, the woman, I think. Yeah. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, oh, there you go. There are more cameos than I thought. That's exciting. Everyone's just stoked to get a payday during COVID, they probably just like voiced all their lines quickly. I mean, Jake's great, right? You know, Fitzy, just tell me he's great. Just do it. Just do it. I like seeing Jake mad. It's a lot of fun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of fun. I mean, this character, this this, this Joe character, like, he's an asshole, you know. Like, and he's even like more so than I expected. Oh, I was sort of at the start of it. I mean, they establish he's the, you know, he's a he's a cop. He's not. This isn't his full-time gig here in the call centre, thank God, because he's awful at, at this job at the call centre. Just terrible. But he, <laughs> but he like, tells every like, – he keeps, like, uh, judging everyone who calls in. It's like, wow. But th- that creates some genuinely, like – he delivers really strong emotional scenes, obviously, you know, as you'd expect. Close-ups, crying, anger, all that shit, right? Kills it, obviously. But then I was expect- – I-, I was somewhat – wasn't expecting and and was very impressed by some of the comedic moments in the movie too. I thought the comedic relief and the the release of tension in those moments was really good. Like there were probably five moments in this movie that made me like genuinely laugh pretty hard, to be honest. Like when the dude re- calls in about his scraped knee when he when he you know was riding oh, his bike, yeah. that was good. That was good. And uh, just and the whole prostitute thing you mentioned, it was um, it was great too. It was so judgmental and Jake has a little subtle moment of acting there are a few really good particular acting moments there's a subtle moment of acting where um like if it is paul dan or whoever it was was describing the the female and it was like oh, yeah. clearly describing a prostitute and jake like gives like a little like like to the camera and <laughs> like yeah i thought so you know it was it was, it was really good i like that oh peter sarsgaard was henry hmm ah uh, wait so that's not but that's not the scars no, guards. Oh no, it's not, no, that's not scars. Ah, oh, shit, it's too many. So, but is there a Peter Skarsgård? I'm there pretty is, sure there is. Um, is, there, is he the there it, is, is he the it clown? Isn't that Alexander? Alexander. No, Alexander is. Wait, isn't no Alexander in Big Little Lies? Yeah, that's, he's that's the Alexander. Kong the the Godzilla Kong guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Godzilla Kong. Yeah. But then, then so the, who's the other the, one? It's. Pete, I don't think it's Peter because oh, Peter, Bill, yeah, Bill, 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 Bill Stalin, Alexander, Gustav, Volta. So, but then, but so is Peter Sarsgaard? Is he the is he the Pirates of the Caribbean guy? 
Because you know how that one of them is in Pirates, one of the Sars or Scars. Green Lantern. He is Batman. Green. He's, he's in Green Lantern. But I don't remember him from Pirates. But no. but you know you know Orlando Bloom's dad in Pirates. No, I think that that's Stellan, isn't it? That's oh, that's Stellan. Yeah. Is, is that a Scars? Oh, that's the dad. Isn't that the dad? Yeah, yeah. The dad Scars guard, not a Sars guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scars. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome, but so there's only but there's only one Sarsgard. Like Peter's the only Sarsgard. They're not a family of of, of Sarsgards. Okay, okay, that's all right. So the Sarsgards are the family. All right, I'm not going to repeat any. I'm not going to say the word guard again in this review. I hope. Oh, did you did you guys have any other particular moments of Jake's acting or that that you really enjoyed? The, the only other one I'd mention is just I mean the asthma is the recurring thing, and him breaking down the cubicle at the end I thought was really good. I thought that was a nice full circle character moment for him that he really executed well on. I think when he smashed the keyboard it was over the top. You know, like when he got when he got so pissed off that he like threw shut the glass and like he like fully like like I mean like, you know, yeah, he's pissed off at himself at the situation and whatnot, but like are you that much of a loose cannon that you smash up this fucking three, four thousand dollar setup or whatever it is? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, he he was a he was an angry dude. He got pissed mm-hmm. off dude. I felt I mean, so he literally killed a person and he, and he couldn't justify why, you know? Like, is that meant to be is, – is the implication that it was something like a some sort of criminal activity gone wrong? Is that what the idea was? He said he was pissed off. No, yeah, it probably would have been like a uh, – yeah, like a gone too far type thing. I don't know. That's what I got from it when he was like him and that other mate of his that he was calling up clearly do dodgy shit. So I, I sort of got that from it, but but I mean, yeah. So he's a he's, he's he he broke the keyboard. He killed a person. You know, very equivalent acts of uh, violence. Um, and he what the? He's a bad well, father. He's a bad father. He's uh, he's the worst man. He's the worst. The man to his coworkers. Yes, thank oh, you. That's yeah. literally what I was thinking of, dude. Poor Manny and his beer. Manny <laughs> just wanted a beer, bro. You know. That was he was really abusive to them. That, that that was almost right. That was almost comical. The amount of times that people like knocked on the door and like <laughs> and just asked politely something, and he's like, "Yeah," like and he completely screams at them. That happened like five <laughs> times in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, you need a you need a stress ball or something, honestly. But Jan, you mentioned some of the dialogue annoying you, sort of going in circles, going in circles. I, I can think of for me. I don't know if this is exactly what you mean, but I had that a little bit with, especially earlier on in the movie, like when Jake's, I mean, maybe that's, maybe this is the idea that he's sort of like, he is clearly terrible at his job until he gets motivated by this kidnapping case and he becomes really good at it. But there was the whole thing with him going in circles with the dispatchers and when he's like calling the, I don't know their names, but like, you know, when he he gets in contact with, like, Highway Patrol or, like, certain other people that he has to communicate with to send out units and all that. Like, there was the lady. I don't know who they were. but mm. and, and he goes back and he goes in circles with them and, um, like, a lot, you know, and he's, like, talking to them and, and, and he just says a hundred times, like, can you just do this? And they're like, no. It's like, bro, I didn't even to – she clearly said at one point that they were really busy with calls. And but she's just like talking to Jake for two minutes here, just taking their time, you know. I, I felt that a little bit. Is that is that what you mean or that was 
Uh, I, I don't mind. That part I don't mind because I feel like at each time at least there's a bit of variation. What I dislike more is kind of the – and like, I, I, I get it's a movie. They have to build tension and like that's why they withhold the information. But like the worst one was when like the Child Protective Services, they go to the apartment and like they're looking for the kid and then they and then and the guy finds a kid. He's like, oh god, oh god, oh no, oh get in, oh no, and like, and like, and like, Jake's like, you know, oh, whatever he's get Joe is his character name rather. Yes you, yes, you know, he's like, what's happening? Say something. What's and like, it's it's, it's like a, like and like, it's meant to build you know tension and whatever, but it just pisses you the fuck off because he's just not saying anything <laughs> apart from oh god, get in, just that was the worst one. That was no, that's a good example. That that's fucking example. no, that that sent me. That no, that that did annoy me too. That actually sort of more annoyed me from. I mean, I, I totally, it would annoy me from me though, to be honest. Actually, in that case, more annoyed me from Joe's perspective because Joe's just like sitting there going, yeah. tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And I'm like, dude, just can you give him a second here? He's going to tell you if you give him 30. Just no, but the thing is he doesn't even tell him. Even like after all, it just hangs up. Like, it, it, oh, it, yeah, and he, get, it, and he figures it out from the snakes yeah, comment. It pisses yeah. you off like from both ends. It's just, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that was And annoying. later on with Henry as well, a similar thing happens where like he's asking Henry, just stay on the line, just stay here, just stay with me, just do this. just And like- at that point, we kind of understand Henry to be like a somewhat decent, reasonable guy. He's like, I can't, I can't, I just need to go. And like, just get fucked. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, to be fair, this is all to your point. It's building tension. It's probably realistic, to be honest. Um, at least the, I feel like the ones, especially with bloody, um, oh God, what's her face? Emily. All those conversations with her, those drawn out conversations. I never had an issue with like, Emily. I thought she, she was always. Yeah, and that, that 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 those ones felt realistic, but but it's sort of the same. Sort of, I agree with you. I didn't have as much issue with those. I mean, I guess I was a little bit annoyed by them, but it, it but it is the same sort of thing, isn't it? Where it's like she, we're going in circles of her. She can't calm down, you know. Yeah, but is it, the the state of the character is set up to different points. Like you know, like like she's clearly like like when he's talking to her, she's very distressed. We at this point, we still think she's the victim. You know, and it's kind of understandable that she's slipping up. She's forgetting things. She's, she's, you know, really distraught. But then by the time we get to when he's talking to Henry, you know, who's been pretty level-headed throughout everything, but now all of a sudden now he's gone fucking off the rails a bit, you know, like it's, I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. but like, I do understand movie has to build tension and, you know, make a movie, but like it just fucking annoyed me. It's Yeah, it's just one of those like movie things. Yeah, you know, that's, a, that's the only way you can say it. Fitzy, you look like you're staring at your screen, like like in bewilderment to what we're saying. Were okay. you were you frustrated by any, not really? I'm just were you frustrated by any of this dialogue or any moments like this, or were you just like, bro, like get invested? Is that what you're thinking? The baby thing didn't didn't annoy me because I just thought, like, I just thought it was hurt. I don't know. Like, I didn't think there was anything to reveal. So, like, when it revealed the thing about you know the snakes or whatever, the, her hurting the baby, that was kind of um, like that was a good twist for me because like, I just thought, like I don't know why but the baby would be hurt, but I just thought, you know, Henry's crazy dude. Maybe he just mm. did something. So yeah. I didn't really that didn't annoy me, but it could be annoying. But Jake's rage was just, you know, too engulfing. I guess to just you know, <laughs> just got into it that way. Sure, sure. His performance, I get it. Also, yeah. would they have a record on her mental history, like? If they can bring up such an extensive record of like imprisonment and whatnot, surely, surely they'll see that he, she was institutionalized for fucking however many years, you know. 
That's that's a, that's a solid point. Like they have the record of he saw that Henry had been put away for assault, like in in the first second. You mm. know what I mean? The fact that yeah, why wasn't that on file for her? Plot hole exposed. Exposed. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there is. I'm just making this up. I'm pulling this out of my ass. Maybe there's some confidentiality with like psychiatric issues. I don't know. They clearly, don't have their MyGov account linked to their health history. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so Finzi brought up the twist in the film, which is I liked it, you know. It's sort of, I feel like it's sort of, I don't know, stand for these sort of films to have a twist, you know. Um, but I didn't see it coming. So I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I, well, I, I, like I said, I was predicting the wrong twist. I was predicting the whole psychological angle, which was totally wrong, which uh, I don't think I would have. I mean, not that that would have been bad necessarily. It depends on the execution, but I, I definitely prefer this. and. I definitely prefer this mainly because of where it goes and how it ties perfectly into, you know, Jake choosing to con- confess at the end or w- w- whatever he did to he, he want he go to jail. He's going to go to jail for what he did to the uh, manslaughter. So and I, I thought that was a much more interesting route, taking the literal route, having him go through this event where, you, you know, he saves lives. He saves Emily's life. Through his work on the on the on the call, and through that, sort of realizes he can't live with the guilt, and he couldn't live with the. If she had died, she could, he couldn't live with that guilt. So he can't. He sort of came to the realization that he probably knew deep down the whole time that he can't live with this guilt of killing this person. So he, he feels much freer going to prison. I thought that was all good stuff. I appreciate strong character motivations making sense, taking the literal route. Not doing my bad idea, thank you, movie. You know, and I also appreciate just a little thing. Throughout when they were calling uh, Emily in the car, when he was talking to Emily in the car, I, I, at first I thought it was weird. When you t- when you have your original understanding of what's happening, I thought it was strange that um, Henry wasn't taking the phone away from Emily immediately. If it was a kidnapping, you know, mm. because H- Emily gets back on the phone, and I'm like, why is she back on the phone? Like, why, why is he allowing this? But you're, to us, makes it make sense. Like, there's no reason that she, there's no immediate reason that he wouldn't take the phone away from her that distressingly, you know. And he was letting her talk to her daughter for so long. So yeah, did you guys like the twist? Oh, Fitzy liked it. Did you like it, Jaden? Yeah, that was quite good. I was shocked to say the least. Shocked and dismayed. Kept you guessing. Bamboozled <laughs> me. That's good. That's good. I had to, was, there's was something in my mind that's just gone. Puns. The worst, the worst. Mm. You you think of that. You think of that. I'll um. In the meantime, I will tell you this trivia: that uh, the film was shot in eleven days during during COVID. Well, we know it was during COVID. We brought that up five hundred times already. But shot in eleven days. That that makes it because you, you were saying that he directed from a van entirely. I was like, he only has to isolate for two weeks. Like, why would he stay in the van after that? But like, if so it shot in 11 days, it makes sense as to why he was in the van. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if it, like, it was a 30 day shoot. He's like, oh, I'm just happy in the van. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, just crazy in him. There's donuts, you know, I'll stay here. Yeah. That's what George Lucas would do. He'd stay in the van. <laughs> and I mean, a huge, huge shout out, a huge shout out to the sound design of this movie. It's terrific. It totally, it's something that can go unnoticed. It totally carries the events of what's happening. You are every 
all of the information of the actual events that are transpiring outside of the call center, of which there are a lot of events, you know, where we're having to visualize the van, we're having to visualize these different houses, um, the, the, what the police are doing, tons of different sort of settings were actually plopped into just purely through the audio. And I think the sound design does a really good job at creating that picture for the audience and contributing to the tension as well. You always it, it does you always know what's going on. You know, it's not just like weird dialogue that that it, the dialogue was never obnoxious where I feel like it could have been, where you could have characters just describing what's happening, you know? And you never really get that because the sound design is elevates the movie. So double thumbs up to the sound design. Good job. I recalled what I was gonna say when you mentioned it. Good, I bought you enough time. Uh, obnoxious dialogue and I was like like you know, the the one issue, like the the one line I take major problem with was, uh, it was you know his superior. Or I think I think I'm pretty sure it was the the woman that was telling him off. She comes in and she's like, "Broken people save broken people." Some shit like that. I was like, "Oh, it's so fucking shit." I was that that was that's 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 a great. I didn't even understand that. Like, what's she saying? Because like he's broken, so she so he saved another broken person in Emily and like Oliver or some shit. I can't remember which one it was in relation to. But because he's so damaged, he can relate to the damage or some shit. I don't know. It was, it was just cringe. I was like, "Fuck me!" It it was a bit. It was a bit out of nowhere, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, how does she know he's broken? Just because he's a oh, I guess he's pretty a bit angry. No, I think it, no, it was pretty public thing of like his manslaughter. Oh, the, of course, yeah, because the the journalist was calling him up. Yeah, that's a good point. That must be pretty awkward, actually. Why would Manny want to go and have a beer with this man? That is on trial for murder or manslaughter, rather. You know, or maybe maybe Manny doesn't watch the news. Maybe Manny doesn't know what's going on. Manny was my favorite character. If you couldn't tell, I keep bringing him up. Did this film have a score? I can't even. I can't even remember. Yes, it did have a score, and it was. You know, it was. It was fine. It was. It did its job. You know, it had like dark, brooding moments when like shit got crazy. You know, um, Andy wrote in a review, a very brief review for The Guilty. He said. Thank God The Guilty is not the worst Netflix film I've seen. And even though I haven't seen the original yet, he gives it a 6 out of 10. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. You're wrong, but thank you. I just think, I, I just like, I'm not sure if we've discussed it before, but we probably have like about like the, the whole English remake stigma. I'm like, oh, sure. yeah, it's better that Hollywood does produce original movies. And yeah, you're right. You know, not every international production needs to be remade but like typically when they do you know they, they they do as something else and like nothing bad ever arises from making a story more accessible and this is a good story you know and you know look you didn't know the danish original you know before this so like in making this story more public like nothing bad can come about that you know and like allowing it to have a, a wider audience you know um, and I just really hate the like, and like I understand some of it, you know, but like the 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 immediate dismissal and like negative connotation that they pick up as soon as they do, and they just like like they, they get review bombed pretty much like straight away, and like mm. yeah, I, I I really hate that kind of thing because like sometimes they do offer a lot more, like like you know like um, Matt Reeves' remake of Let the Right One In is you know in my opinion like way better than the original, and I think like you know it's a really stellar film. So, like, you know, writing them off immediately and going in with this bad mindset, I just think it's such a stupid, like, you know, um, toxic way of thinking. More of the Worlds as well as fucking, yeah, great remake. 
of a uh, you know an original. That's an English. That's that's the English remake of remake. You know, I'm talking about like the. It's an American remake though of a British thing, isn't it? Uh, the the film, uh, the 1953 film was American as well. Yeah, but the original book was British, wasn't it? I get what you're trying to do, but like it's different. Because he's really stretching that one. Because because I, the watched, world, I watched the 2005 War of the Worlds first, and then I watched the 1953 original. And you know, so this is a case of like the 53 like being just better. I'm talking about the way the people are responding to like the, you know, there's a English remake of the Train to Busan, you know, in the works, and everyone's like, why? Just watch it, just read it, and like, yes, fair, but also, you know, it could be a good movie, you know. Give it a we'll chance. We'll see. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Fitzy, what is your final score for The Guilty? Six out of ten. Good movie, you know. That's about it. Cool. Jaden? Seven out of ten. Better movie than what Liam thinks. That's about it. I'll give it a seven too. I was really hoping to go for an eight. <laughs> yeah no sorry good movie i liked it thumbs up would recommend it and uh, i think it's a, probably about the same as what Jaden thinks probably so yeah i think it seems like i was a bit more annoyed by it but it seems like you're just uh more accepting to films <laughs> we do we do review review films for a podcast so i'd like to think i'm accepting towards them uh yeah Let's get into news chat, Jane. Where do we where do we want to start? Do you want to do you want to just go with the Agatha, WandaVision spin off series coming to Disney Plus? Oh yeah, you mean the stupidest thing put to TV? <laughs> Dude, people love people love that character genuinely. Who? You know? Who? I see that. Where, where? Other than BuzzFeed, where would you see praise <laughs> for that character? Buzz, just buzz, you know. But um, don't people love that song, don't they? That, like, that Frozen song in the show. Remember uh, that? What, when she's like, it was Agatha all along, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And, uh, I, like, it's such a, uh, I, I, I just don't care about the character at all. Never in my mind did I once want to learn more about her. The show gives us plenty, you know, <laughs> like the show gives us plenty about her. And, like, I can't possibly imagine what more you'd want unless you want to set her up to be, like, in the new Avengers but or some shit like that. I don't know. Like, it's genuinely bewilders me like, as to who would greenlight that production. I'll make Kevin Feige, you know. Um, yeah. Okay, I mean, it, does everything have to run by him or, like, it, like I, I, yeah. actually, yeah, no, I guess, yeah, it would, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it does. There it is, like, some, way. like, one step lower that can, like. He gives the, he ticks all the boxes, you know. Um I mean, I like Catherine Hahn as a as an actress. I enjoy her. I and I can see this being enjoyable in the lens of if it's playing with genre like One Division did, you know, in a different way. I don't want One Division again. But like if it's if it's like an MCU comedy or something, or if it's an MCU something to that effect. I don't want grounded drama with Agatha. You know what I mean? I don't even if it's like not that I'd watch this, to be honest, but even I'd find it interesting if it were a musical or something. And they play off that whole that 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 song because I know that that was like a, a big thing because the Frozen creators wrote that song. So if they if they made it something like that, that that that's at least interesting, you know. Like I'd be like, oh, that's an MCU musical. Who would have thought? But yeah, no, I'm sort of with you. I don't give a shit about this character. So you know, whatever. Maybe they have some sort of grand plan for it. But yeah, she was know. such a nothing character as well. I mean, like she was just 
and just 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 generic trophy just yeah power seeking she was a witch from the i mean she was straight out of the crucible so that was yeah that was <laughs> uh, i think uh what's his face uh daniel day lewis could also turn up in the mcu now you know but Fitzy, i'm sure this is going to get you to watch wandavision and agatha get excited is the show going to be called agatha we, we, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. It's just Variety is reporting that the show is in the works and it's an Agatha spinoff. Imagine if it's just, if it's just Agatha, Marvel Studios' Agatha. Is it? Is it it's, would, would it be a prequel, sequel, mid-century well, she's, set? She's, like where would you set it? It's a good question. Because I could, I could honestly see them putting it right in like the 50s and like being like, like really playing on that whole McCarthyism thing. And like the whole like you know red scare and witch hunt type thing, that'd be interesting. But knowing them and how you know they want to, they're building their universe. She didn't die, so yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they want to keep her relevant in the in the universe as a whole. You know, well, what, what's that? What's that team that they're building? You know, with with the new Black Widow and 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 young, young and team, team America, whatever. Um, what, what's um, John Walker's? US agent? Yeah. Yeah. Like she's she's probably going to join that team or some shit. Younger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I'm no comics expert. Luke will correct me in the comments, but it's like it, it, there's the there's the Young Avengers, which is clearly um, Florence Pugh and um, and like a f- few other, and like I assume Tom Holland could probably be thrown in there too, and uh, and uh, Kate Bishop now. Haley Steinfeld, you know, like throw a few of those people in there. But then there's also the West Coast Avengers, I believe, which is which would be US Agent, and like there's different things going on. I think there's also like an A Force or like a like a, I think there's like a Task Force A or some shit like that, where like Agent Venom and like US Agent are on there and shit like that. So like, yes, yes, a Marvel Suicide Squad. What are we? Some kind of Marvel Studio Suicide Squad? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Cool. Killian Murphy is playing Oppenheimer in Spielberg's uh, Spielberg. <laughs> thank, it's not Spielberg, thank God. In Nolan's new film, all about Mr. Oppenheimer, the man who created the A bomb. He created it, right? That was the that's the thing. I mean, he was a big part of the project. You know, you can't give him salt credit. Sure, like, you know, he was like the leader. Yeah, he was team the main. Leader. Yeah. Team leader, sure, team leader, project project manager on the mm. atomic bomb. Um, so, yeah, uh, I speculated about this. You know, I'm not taking any credit. I'm not taking any credit. <laughs> no, no. So, Kelly Murphy's playing the lead, yeah. which is great. Love Kelly and Murphy. That's dude. proof that no one listens to us, you know. Mm. Yes. It was historically to us. Yeah, I mean, he was already rumored to be involved, but not believe it or not, Nolan hadn't actually at all considered making Killian Murphy the, Murphy the lead until I said it, believe it or not. See, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's super awesome. I'm sure Killian Murphy's going to kill it because Killian Murphy is amazing. And in terms of other notable things that Jaden brought to my attention, which is wild, uh, I mean, it's not really wild. It's interesting. It's not wild. It's, it, I shouldn't say it's wild. Uh, Ludwig Goranson is returning to do the score for this film, who – his first collaboration think, with Nolan was with Tenet, yeah. No, I, I think so. Hoyt Van Hoytma is confirmed to come back, but I okay. think Ludwig and um, Lame, I forget the first name. I think they're only like speculated to be returning. 
but I, I think it's like a, a, a very likely speculation type thing. Cool. Okay. Okay. And no, I appreciate that clarification. So Hoyt, Hoyt jumped on with Interstellar. Is that right? And before that, it was Wally. Wally, um, whatever his name is. Fister. Fister. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I love to think because <laughs> – don't laugh. Because um, Wally, of course, went on to direct 2014's Transcendence with um, – with Johnny Depp. So do you think Nolan, because that was why he didn't do Interstellar, you know, fair enough. Do you think Nolan saw Transcendence and he's just like, I'm never getting this dude back now? He just likes Hoyt better. Hoyt's just probably a better friend, you know. Hoyt's just the, the guy, you know. Um, but the, anyway, Hoyt's great. So Hoyt's there. And, well, yeah, the, the editor, was it? Is it Jen? Is it Jane? Yeah, I, 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 Jen? I, think, it was, I think it was Jen. 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 Jan. Jen. Jen Lame. Jen. 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 Jay Lane. It's not Jen. Jay Lane. I think it's I think it's Jen. Jen Jennifer? No, Jen. <laughs> Let's go with Jay Lane. Uh, lame. The editor of Tenet. Lame? Lame. That's lame. Uh oh, the, the editor of Tenet. I mean she did a great job editing that film, I think. Considering that, that film like sort of lives or dies by the editing. You well, know? And to be fair, may, maybe like people did find it confusing, so maybe maybe that's a criticism of it, I don't know. Go ahead, Jade. Well, because I, I think I remember looking at her like previous films, and I'm pretty sure like she she edited like a lot smaller or like drama orientated and, and like not action type things. So like, yeah. if this is like a scale back, like we're guessing, and like if it is more character focused, then this should be more up the alley. Although she did do a good job with Tenet, I, I think she did at least. You know, like um, yes, absolutely. This is a bit more of a return to normal for her. Absolutely, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she can do anything. If she can do, dude, if she can edit Tenet, you can edit, you can edit any big budget film, can't you? Right, let's get into the real shit. Right. We got a teaser trailer for House of the Dragon, the new Game of Thrones prequel spinoff. Set two hundred. Holy shit, he's done it again. Sorry. <laughs> set uh, set two hundred years before the events of the main show, following House Targaryen. Fitzy, did you watch this trailer? Mm-hmm. Give me your give me your thoughts on it. How much did it do for you? Are you excited? Um, I mean, it didn't give us much really. I thought, I don't know, it was a teaser trailer. It looks like Game of Thrones, but more like somehow more royal. I don't know, like less medieval. But yeah, it looks looks decent. Did the jousting give you that vibe? Um, some jousting in there. I guess so. Some dueling. They looked kind of like more advanced, you know, even though it's pretty cool. But that's interesting. Yeah. They're in the they're in the prime of the of the Targaryen reign. They're in the peak of it, and uh, I presume this show will follow it going to shit. So, uh, Jaden, what, what did you think? And did you? Uh, Love spotting Olivia Cook in there. Yeah, it was exciting. I was looking for her the entire time, and then she rocks up at the desk. She was. Yeah, yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw her. I saw her. Um, yeah, I don't know. It looked like a return to kind of like season one Game of Thrones type thing. Um, you, you, does that make sense? Like, kind of. Like, I, I don't know. No, because like, because like Game of Thrones definitely evolved as a show, in like in terms of like the focus of the series. I feel, and I, I, I get what Liam says, but it feels more royal because like. That's kind of how I imagine the first season of Game of Thrones being more kind of focused on like 
I don't know. Like, like political? Yeah, I guess. Okay. And it okay. kind of looks more, it, it kind of looks a bit more like that kind of thing rather than like the big sale warfare and like house division sure. shit that we get later seasons. Um, no, that's fair. I get that. But you yeah, know, it, it, it looks obviously it looks great, you know. Um, but like as a, you know, I'm, I'm keen for it. And Matt Smith, he was in, he was in it too. Matt Smith was definitely in there. Yeah, when I saw him. I was like, Nah, I, I like this a lot. I think I I got a lot out of this trailer. To be honest, not from a story perspective necessarily, or like a plot perspective. I'm sure, I'm sure plenty of people have broken down the trailer and pointed out exactly who every character is because I'm sure that's not hard if you if you know what you're talking about. I I don't remember any of that stuff to be honest. But this show, this trailer, I should say, for the show gave me. So just production value. That's what I saw. I just saw it everywhere. And I'm like, yes, this is – it reminded me why I love Game of Thrones in, in a sense because I love Game of Thrones for the story and the writing and the characters. But like to your point, I guess sort of what you're saying, Jane, it gave me the look and feel of what I want, you know. I didn't feel like – this feels like a premier HBO production. I didn't feel like I was getting – not that I would have expected this necessarily, but I didn't feel like I was getting some sort of, you know – downgrade spin-off like oh let's just you know cash grab or whatever even though like obviously that's what they're doing they're taking advantage of that ip but i don't know it looked great the show look it, it looks terrific i'm excited for this show you know as someone who i understand that there's probably a bit of hesitancy a bit of skepticism out there in the void for another hbo game of thrones production at this point for a lot of people as someone who likes game of thrones all the way through you know i'm tremendously excited I'm also tremendously excited for those who don't know in terms of who's involved and and everything. You know, we've got um, sort of it's an entirely it, – it, well, it's not. It's it's a new core writing team and showrunners but made up from people who worked on Game of Thrones, directors who directed some Game of Thrones best episodes, Battle of the Bastards director, I believe, is the showrunner or something to that effect, if I'm not mistaken. So they're taking the best bits – of the team that is familiar with the show and elevating them to more positions. Uh, I'm sure to everyone's uh, collective cheer, D&D, have got literally nothing to do with this in any capacity. Um, and, you know, this is based off complete source material, believe it or not. It is based on the Fire and Blood book, which George released in 2018, I think, 2019, um, which isn't a complete novel, so this show is original content in terms of it's not a series of novels. You're not getting complete scenes or anything like that. It's sort of more a collection of like the history of House Targaryen. It's a bit of a Fantastic Beast situation. I guess so. I think it's in, it's more detailed than that. But yeah, sure. That's, that's I get that comparison. Um, so in that sense, the events are complete and very well thought out. So you're not going to get some random you know plot twist that you may or may not like at the end that the writer may or may not have wanted, you know what I mean? Um, and George, of course, is he is credited as the creator of the show, which he never was for Game of Thrones. So you can sort of read into that if you like. The only other thing I want to say, of course, the, the main actual moment in the trail that is worth taking note of is the last shot of the Iron Throne looking book accurate. Amazing. Amazing. Thank mm. you killer i love that that dude I, I never expected that it was awesome do you, you guys remember like see how like the swords are coming all the way down the stairs and shit like it looked it looks more like crazy and out there okay are they going to like use the sets from game of thrones 
like because if the whole room is different then wouldn't that be weird or do we just have to like imagine there's like a different thing you know I don't like know. Like a different imagination, like, it, uh, like a reimagination of it. No, it, it looked the same. It looked like the same throne room to me. I mean, we'll mm. have to see. It so looked like, pretty spot on. It looked like the same set to me. So, like, King's Landing is going to look the same and everything. The, well, that was definitely, I, I don't know, if, to your point, I don't know if it was the exact same set, but it, it, that was definitely King's Landing throne room, 100%. That's what it was. Oh, okay. I'd imagine yeah. they would have still shot in the Bloodnick as well. Yeah, I'd think so. I think they were too. I think that's. Yeah. What, yeah, I think I heard that. Um, but just huge shout out to that because, like, George has always talked about how the, the, the I mean, the Iron Throne in the show is is iconic. It's awesome. But it's not at all what he imagines the throne to be and how they, you put the effort in to do this. I think it's really cool. I think it's probably better that they didn't do the original Iron Throne off the bat because it. I think, like, it might be a bit, it might appear a bit comical. It's a bit much. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But, you know, now having it like that and you can explain away why I was like, yeah, it's probably better. And you see the evolution of it. It's like the yeah. perfect – it's the perfect opportunity to do it. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, and then we had the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City trailer. Jaden, I know you watched it. I know you watched it. How do you, you feel about this one? This is apparently coming to theatres. Well, it's only coming to theatres, uh, yeah. as the trailer says. <laughs> so made clear. Yeah, I don't know, because Aiden put in the Discord and he kind of – slagged it off a bit and like i imagine he has quite a bit of a history with it to and like you know so maybe it's fair but like it seems interesting to me it seems a bit like the silent hill 2006 movie in in terms of like kind of characters going to a city and it looks you know a kind of middle america type thing you need to escape um it does feel a bit cw um in the production and acting um, but yeah, like, cause it's like I said, like with no one, cause I have no real connection to the series, you know, it's, it's only been something that piques my interest, not actually engaged with it. Um, it seems fine. It seems watchable. It seems enjoyable even. Um, <laughs> big surprise there. Um, but yeah, so cause Aiden said, why can't they get this movie right? So like there have been Resident Evil in the past, right? And it's with, oh, yes. Um, oh yes. It's with, uh, what's it? M- Mila. Mila, yeah, whatever right. her name is. You see, and like watching those trailers, I always thought this doesn't look like um, uh, whatever like seven was because you know by the time I actually got engaged with like what the product is, it was like seven and eight releasing, and like so seeing the trailers for the older ones, it just seemed like a complete mismatch. So I didn't really understand, but like um, they've got nothing to do with the games; those other movies. Okay, right, yeah. yeah. Whereas this is game accurate, or it's trying to be. That's the idea. But yeah, like I'll, I'll watch it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It seems interesting to me as someone that has no prior experience with the games. Sure, sure. What about you, Fitzy? Have you seen it? Yeah, I saw it because it was in the Discord as well. Um, cool. No, yeah, it looks interesting. Looks okay. I think this movie looks awful. Like to be totally, really, <laughs> it looks so bad. But to your point, I, I think it might be enjoyable. You know, am I gonna? I'm definitely not. Uh, actually, I don't want to make any commitments. You know. Uh, I don't think I'll watch this, you know, but I can see enjoyment in it for sure. But in like, in not a good way, to be honest. Like, this just the the whole thing looked like B movie. Yeah, that's like, what I, I mean by like CW sorry. type thing. You're absolutely right. It looked like D movie though. It looked like um, it looked straight to DVD is what it was. That's yeah. What it looked like. Okay, I, I can see that too. And, and and there's a place for that, and there's definitely enjoyment for that. But it didn't it didn't look good, you know. It didn't look like this is going to be a compelling film, you know. Like, but I hope it, I hope it's enjoyable for sure. 
And but it, for the main takeaway, of course, dude, if this was releasing on DVD in November, it'd be like cool. Even if it was releasing through Netflix, whatever. The fact that this has come in the theaters is sort of the big thing, where it's like, I just can't even con. Like, I can't imagine like seeing this in the theater. It's so weird. Let's get into our highlights of the week. Liam, what have you been watching? Midnight Mass, new Netflix miniseries. Really, really loved it. Um, it's a, kind of a horror thing, small town. Um, just a very, very great um, cast and atmosphere and themes. and um, The actual horror thing is really interesting. It's like combines two uh two things in like a very interesting way and the show has a lot of like religious themes that it goes into and yeah it's just really great um seven episodes is it a limited series is it is this a, is this going to be multi-seasonal as far as you can tell at this point oh no it's over yeah it's over oh okay and this was a netflix original yes so it's yes. not your answer for the end of the Definitely not. No. All right. Cool. It was. Heard a, of it? It's Mike Flanagan, right? Like the mm. yeah, the mm. Haunting of Hill House. It's the first thing I've seen from yeah. him. Yeah. I, you'd love. I reckon you'd love the Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Bly sure. Manor, not so much. But, uh, Hill House, yeah. It was Bly Manor, not so hot. Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy it as much. But to be fair, I don't enjoy the source material as much either. So it could be that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Gotcha. What about you, Jaden? I watched War Dogs, and um, oh, that was, that was it was it was great. I, I like like, you know, seeing Todd Phillips' name. Like, I didn't know Todd Phillips was the director until I clicked on it on Netflix. And I was like, "The fuck are you doing here? Um, go direct another fucking soy boy Joker thing, whatever." Shouldn't um, it be the other way around. Like, shouldn't it be like for Joker? What are you doing here? <laughs> Going back and direct War Dogs. Yeah. Um. So, like, yeah, because, like, uh, I guess this is kind of his bridging movie of, like, straight comedy to kind of comedy drama, and then I guess he goes drama with Joker. Um, but, you know, despite him, you know, I, th- I thought it was quite good. It was you – know, I-, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. Um, Jonah Hill's character has such a fucking funny laugh. Every time he laughed, I – like, I like can you, like do me a favor and just, like, go on YouTube and search up, like, his character. In the, his, his name is Ephraim something and like just search up his laugh it is fucking brilliant um and like so many times that i laughed in the movie was just because of his character laughing um but like beyond that like it is a genuinely engaging movie like it's not a it's based on a true story but like you know even still it's not an entirely like original like idea like it, it, it is very you know everyone's calling it oh it's a bit of wolf wall street and this and that but like it's honestly like good fellas if I don't know, if he mixed in a bit of business and shit and and war, I guess because like it's kind of got the same like kind of start somewhere, flashback, catch up to that part, and then like kind of the way everything falls out, you know. Um, but like it, it is, it is just genuinely like funny and engaging, and like I had a great time with it. Um, yeah, awesome. Awesome. I, I thought you were on the verge of saying it's like Goodfellas if it were good or something like. Oh, it is better than Goodfellas. It's much more pleasurable, pleasurable to watch. But um, oh my, 
I uh, I finished the first season of a show called Cobra Kai. Have you guys seen this show? This show is the worst great show I've ever seen in my life, dude. It's genuinely it's it's bizarre. It, it's it's bewildering how popular it is to me. You know, I don't know. Maybe like it takes like a dramatic turn in quality in uh, upcoming seasons, but like it, it's it's bad. Right, it's bad. Like the yeah, acting's did, bad. Did it start as a YouTube original and then move to Netflix? Yeah, yeah, it did absolutely. Yeah, so I, I guess that's probably why. I'm interested to see how that when we get into the seasons where it's Netflix's money, how that changes. If it, if it's obvious or not, I'm really curious. Um, dude, this show's got a stupidly high IMDb score for what it is. Like it's bewildering to me. People love this show. Um, it's it's it, it's like technically bad. To be totally honest with you. Um, but it's great. It's a terrific show, you know, and, and it's the weirdest, it's the weirdest thing to say. And I, you can only, if you watch it, I hope, I mean, maybe pe- most people who watch it love it. So like, maybe that doesn't resonate with people who've seen it either, but it's like, the acting's not good. The dialogue's not good. All right. But everyone, it just comes together to like create this bizarre experience that is hilarious. And like, you just buy into it. You know, you're just like everyone in this in this show. Karate is like the only thing that matters in the, in, in the world, and everything, no matter how like businessy things get, everything comes back to karate and karate tournaments, and it's so dumb. But everyone, it just works because you just buy into this shit. It's 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 the weirdest thing. The friggin' the the action is is hilarious and also great. Like the actual karate martial arts sequences. Because it's all shot so clearly in it's it's just all shot in camera, so obviously, and it's so obviously just the actors doing everything. So therefore, it looks terrible, but it's also amazing because you're not get there's no quick cuts, there's no like disguising stunt doubles. You, it's literally just like scenes where characters are punching and kicking each other. We're expecting quick cuts or fast edits. It's literally just like the camera just stares at the action for, far away for like five or ten seconds at a time exposing every little flaw in the choreography you can ever conceive. Like it, it doesn't even look like they're hitting each other half the time, but I'm just here for it because I, I, I appreciate the commitment to the choreography is not bad itself. It's just like the way it's presented. And I appreciate the commitment to just letting it breathe. Just, Hey guys, we crafted this fight with the actors. You're just seeing it. You're just seeing it. No, we're not trying to hide anything at all. And I, I really appreciate that about it too. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super into it. The story is like the most. It's the most like cheesy shit, dude. It's like the the. It's a Karate Kid sequel. So it's like the, all their kids are like having forming rivalries with each other, and you know who's who's dating who, but doesn't realize that that person is actually this person's kid, and then that causes a problem with the parents. It's like it's hilarious. You can see it all coming a mile away, but I, uh, it's a it's a mighty enjoyable television show i think so people love it though so we'll see how it goes in uh in future seasons all right as always we'd love you to submit your questions thoughts oh wait no i've skipped a part as always now we hand the show over to you with our question of the show last week we asked you what is the worst netflix original out there aiden said don't know if it's the worst but the godzilla anime series sucked ass also, haven't seen it, but Cuties has to be on there for moral reasons. Have we? Has Cuties come up on the show before? Because I, I recognise this. I don't think. 
I don't think we did. I don't know. Maybe long ago, like episode seven. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, territory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Luke said, "Warrior Nun was doo garbage dumpster." I remember him talking about that one. But he watched it all. He he did. He pulled he pulled through on it. Good good job. Henry said, "Bright is a real stinky one," and the Death Note live action one was a big stinker. Even Willem Dafoe couldn't save it. That's saying something. Have you both seen that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's bad. Well, the main reason it's bad is because, like, the main character sucks and he's not as cool as the character in the series. But, like, removing it from Death Note, I don't know if it's actually as bad as people say. Just, but, like, as a Death Note thing, it's bad. But mm. I, don't, I, don't, I barely remember anything from it. But, yeah. Can, it, can I dub that the last airbender effect? Do you reckon? Like when some when there's like a remake, like people shoot on it more than like like people think like it's bad, but it's not that bad if if the show didn't exist, you know. I don't know. I can't remember enough from it, but it was it was terrible. But you know. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. That's pretty yeah. definitive. Andy said the Netflix show that I truly despise the most is Chris Lilly's Lunatics. It's by far the weakest Chris Lilly production I've seen. Uh, the biggest factor as to why I hate it is because all of the other Chris Lilly shows have been taken off Netflix thanks to a group of sensitive human beings. Why didn't they do something about it when the show's released? I have no idea. My point is, Lunatics is the only Chris Lilly show on Netflix, and it's boring. That's why I hate it. Oh, that's, that's a fair reason. Also, why has Jamie, the private school girl, been taken off? Do you guys have any idea as to why? Thanks. Andy, looking for genuine insight from us on this topic? Jaden, why has Jamie, the private school girl, been taken off? Jamie, what are you saying? It's Jamie. Jamie? Yeah. Jamie, yeah. Oh, okay, my apologies. Well, like, it's fucking stupid that they're taken off, but, like, Summer Heights High and Jonah from Tonga were obviously taken off because he was playing a, you know, Islander kid. I'm just trying to remember if he, if the, if, because, like, like, there was definitely, like, offensive shit in Jamie, but, like, I I don't know if it was, like, anything to warrant being removed. I'm sure there's offensive shit all over it, right? Yeah. All over it, all of it. God. That being removed, ah, oh, it's so fucking stupid. The Yankees have to ruin it, fucking. They see one Chris Lee show and they're like, oh, it's fucking have a sook. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry for botching uh, the Jamae pronunciation. So, Andy, I'm sorry. We also don't have any idea why I was taken off Netflix other than, well, we speculate it might be the Yankees, as Jaden said. Um... Yeah, probably. I think you already had it figured out, Andy, to be honest. I think you were probably spot on. All right, what are our least favourite Netflix originals, Fitzy? Well, I think this is a Netflix original. I'm not sure, but... um, Okay, it's called SPF 18, um, and it's a it's a Noah Centineo, Centineo oh. film. Oh, it's, it's so bad. Is it? It's the funniest film. It's the best worst film, just like ever. It's so funny. Um, every interaction in that film is so awkward and weird, and just doesn't make any sense. And it's like this weird porn vibe. Honestly, it's like just the it's it's the best, man. I love it. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like the room. You're giving me the room vibes from this, from what you're describing. From what I've seen in the room, it looks funner than the room. I'd say. Oh, that's good. That's always good. Mm. 
some of the interactions are just like, oh, did they just say that? You know, that's just so, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Jaden? Like a oh, movie? I don't know. I don't know if it's the worst, but like mm-hmm. I, I watched the movie that they just released this week, I think, in time for Halloween, called um, There's Someone in Your House. And it it, um, it is just dog shit. It is just awful acting, writing, characters, shit, like stories, horrible. Like um, it's just, it's just such an unpleasant experience and just so dull and like like just 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 completely withdraw from it immediately because it's just crap. Um, like the opening kill kind of you know it forces you to pay attention because you know that's 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 the opening hook to drag you in, but like it immediately just dis- dissipates. Yeah, I, I don't know. It 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 is really awful. Um, yeah, um, I'll, I'll say that. Awesome. Netflix just upholding their reputation here. Um, Jaden, I want you to pick mine. Okay, I want you to <laughs> choose between. I want you to choose between the woman in the window and Army of the Dead. I oh, get fucked. <laughs> no bullshit. You've seen here's all of that, and they're your two lowest ones. I had a lot of fun watching Hazel that. Much more fun. Much more fun than Army of the Dead or Woman in the Window. Yeah. I hate that I have to defend Zack Snyder in the show as the only you know, like, mm. like, it's just It's just not right. I'm sorry. I put you in this position, but it's also um, fun. No, I think the Woman in the Window is... So, wait, but did, like, so you at least had a good time watching Woman in the Window, right? Well, it was... It, no, it, the Woman in the Window was engaging to me. Right. But whereas Army of the Dead wasn't for you. No, God no. Yeah, I guess that's a key point then, and then I guess Army the Dead's your answer. I yeah okay yeah that's you've done a good job at rationalising that yeah that's good I agree with that but you you think Woman the Window is better like yourself I'm asking you you no I think Army of the Dead's better it's, oh sorry sorry yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay yeah. okay but did you find like what was your experience with Woman in the Window did you find that like did you have fun watching it no okay I just thought it was a bad movie. Yeah, well, it was, it was definitely a bad. There's no yeah. doubt about it. I mean, I was, I was, I was engaged in trying to figure out what was going on in the first half. You know, I was. Yeah, uh, like, 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 like everything is to an extent, and I guess like there, there, there was an element of, you know, um, intrigue, but like mm. very minimal. Because like it was enough to keep me watching, but not watching, you know, um, not an engaged watching, you know. As it's yeah, a very no. scroll your phone, you know, sure. tab on the side type thing. Mm. And then the last half hour didn't do much to bring it home, we'll say. All right. Uh, now I read this part. As always, we'll love you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comments section, DM on Instagram, or write it in the Discord. This week we'll be asking you, what is the worst performance you've seen by an actor that you like? It's good. It's a good question. Now, it is time to announce our poll nominees for this month. Jaden and Fitzy will be going head to head, which I'm very excited about. Fitzy, do you want to kick us off with your choice for the Instagram poll? Um, wait, who was a winner last time? You were. You were. Like, Catch me if you can. Well, Jane, you go first. I'll use my. Winner rights to make Jane go first. Okay, all right. All right. Um, I'll 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 nominate Uncut Gems. Um, 
I haven't seen a Safety Brothers movie, but I want to. Um, if that wins, I'll be. I, I think it, you know. I think it should has decent, decent uh, chances. I would think so too. I would think so too. But what is its competition? Um, Tropic Thunder. Um, oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> no, Uncut Gems is mega popular. You know, don't, don't worry about that. But um, on stand as well. Wait, as well. No, it's on Netflix, isn't it? Uncut Gems. But um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. That can be the answer for best Netflix original. You know, we didn't ask that though. Mm. All right. Very good. The poll will go up within around 24 hours of this episode going live. So check out our Instagram and place your votes. And there must be a winner, you know, Uh, except for that time that we drawed, which was awkward. Uh, All right, that's it for this week's episode. Fitzy, what are we doing next week? American Mary, which is on Prime. Get into the, you know, October horror Vibes. Mm. I think it's horror, kind of, slasher. Okay. I don't know. All right. All right. Very good. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, guys, for joining me, as always. And we'll see you in the next episode of Cinema Effect that you listen to, because you might listen to them out of order. I don't know why you would, unless you're Luke, why would you be, like, listening in order, you know? Because I doubt you've listened to them all. Did I do a good job at making that as awkward as possible? I probably yeah. should have actually stayed yeah. more silent. I, I could have stayed silent a bit longer, actually. Yeah. Jaden's face, it worked. It worked. All right. See you, everyone. Have a great week and goodbye.